0: Hello and welcome to this new podcast series, Sharing a Piece of Pie, talking about SAP IBP or Integrated Business Planning. I am your host, Jonathan Fogarty, and I have the pleasure of guiding you through some fascinating conversations about how to unlock the secrets of IBP and how it can help your business. Whether you are still paddling around in the kiddie pool of ones and zeros like me, or you are free diving into the great data lake There will be something here for everyone. Each week, we will have some fascinating guests to hear real-world use cases on how business is doing integrated planning, but the real star of the show, joining me each week to help navigate through this stormy sea of data, is the Jacques Cousteau of planning himself, Mr. Mark Golly. Welcome, Mark.
1: Bonjour. How are you doing, Um, (laughs) Jonathan?
0: It is always a dying joy introducing you. I know we are going to get... Uh, a journey uh, that goes all over the place but finally gets us to safe shores. Um, Made enjoying these conversations and enjoying the chats immensely, what was it before we dive in that you found about IBP that really caught your interest and that you wanted to really dive deeper, if I could keep that clumsy analogy going? What was it that has, that has dragged you into its web?
1: Yeah, I, I think... Um upon reflecting over my experiences over the past five or six years with IBP, it has at at times been felt like I've been free diving, right? Diving without an oxygen tank, right? <laughs> and engaging with uh product development teams and um listening to webinars and things like that, it, it it struck me as, um, for somebody that's non-technical like myself, um, that it's it's very technically based, and that's okay. But I felt as though there was there was an opportunity for IVP to explain to be explained to um, non-technical people in an easy-to-understand language, and for those leaders that are leading IBP projects to actually um, uh, learn from the experiences of somebody, like I said, that knows very little from a functional um, and a technical perspective, um, um, but has got friends that actually do know what they're talking about. (laughs) And I just felt that there was an opportunity for us to, uh, sit back and share some of that, um, some of those insights in terms of watchouts, what to look for, opinions, you know, um, and um, and things like that. And, and this was the medium um, to do it in. So I thank you for your time and um, interest in it as well.
0: Well, I've got to be honest. You are teaching me as we go, which is actually quite a achievement. And you've actually subconsciously hit on two of the key themes that I want to touch on with you in this episode, Mark. And that is the really interesting concepts of curiosity and people, because, you know, as I've kind of come with you on the journey, and I hope our listeners have enjoyed coming along with us as well as we've gone through these episodes. And if you haven't, please go back and listen to the first few because they were spectacular. (laughs) We do keep coming back to that critical ingredient about successful IBP deployment. Um, And it's not about the size of your database, or which cloud provider your technology is sitting on, or it's not even about how many consultants you've had through the door. It's actually about people, mm-hmm. and that's not a technical thing at all, and that's very curious, and the curiosity of those people, Mark. Can you, I'm going to ask you the softball pitch. I am usually go a bit harder on Mark at the start, but I'll go easy on it today. Can you tell us why it is important for those listening today to invest in people's skills and abilities as part of this journey?
1: For me, it is the key to a successful um, IVP deployment, um, investing in people's skills and their ability. Um, and for me, it does a couple of things. It actually develops your team members, provides them with a clear um, um, pathway for their development to become better team members right, through experiences, successes, Failures so that they can contribute in a fuller way to both their individual and team challenges in the future. So it's actually um, helping them grow as people into better team members for me. And it ignites a curiosity um, in team members who then tend to seek out new use cases for applications, both standard and non-standard. And the result of this uh, for me is a highly engaged team focused on innovation focused on pushing the boundaries, focused on their development and focusing on team success and actually driving value for the business. And that's why it's important to invest in people's skills and abilities.
0: Okay, I get that. I get that. But sometimes people are reluctant participants or they're you know, they kind of there because they have to be or it's my job or my boss said, oh, I've got to be on this project because I just know a bit about how we used to do things a change management program includes people training and and, and yeah. you've touched on that, but, but surely the real value is around selling the value of changing the way people work and giving them the, what's in it for me moment. You know, that's my boss said, I've got to be here, or it's an opportunity to get out of the warehouse and get into the air conditioning <laughs> for six months or whatever is driving them. Yeah. What, what in your experience, Mark, is, is the best way to, to do that? So for me,
1: uh, I just wanted to point out fundamentally I believe that it's universal, that um, no one comes really goes to work with the intention of doing a bad job, right? So I just want to put that one out there. But fundamentally I believe that every team member um, is is different and the what's in it for me is different in two core ways, is that what drives or motivates them, right, and how they want to be seen and perceived in terms of career progression and, and things like that, right? Um so the key thing for me in terms of understanding the what's in it for me and the selling of the um, of this to your team members and to your team and particularly your team members. Is actually really deeply understanding your team. What are their drivers? What are their levers that you can pull? What problem are you trying to solve for them, and what is the definition of success? Right, and everyone's definition of success could be different. It could be, I want I want to focus more on building relationships with the sales team, or um, I want to decrease um, be able to demonstrate a decrease in inventory in the warehouses, or it could be, on, I want to get my job done in two-thirds of the time so that I can actually spend more time with my family, right? Or it could be all of those above, right, kind of thing. Um, what are their drivers? What are their levers? Um, what problem are they trying to solve? And understanding your team to that level of detail will actually help you uh, frame up of the what's in for me. Once this is known... Then individually and/or collectively, you can actually um, help them problem solve, and you can actually achieve together. And as much as people don't like it, especially myself, right? um, recognition of a problem solved actually drives their engagement and a desire to up um, the what's in it for me for the
0: next time. Okay, so feed that curiosity, spark that interest, get them on the journey. Okay. So for an end user, you know, some of us are old dinosaurs. We've always been, that's the way we've always done it, Mark. That's the way we've always done it around here, Mark. You've heard all of those expressions, mm-hmm. I'm sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I've been working this way for many years. So, you know, for, as I say, a dinosaur like me, a, a change in the process or a change in the tool, um, I'll be a bit vulnerable. That can be a bit daunting. Maybe even I, you've sold me on the value, that's fine, but but maybe I'm vulnerable, maybe my, my knowledge and knowledge and my place in the world is in question, whatever it might be, maybe even so in a, you know, like a planning application, which I now understand IBP to be, uh, it's not transactional by nature, you know, can't be fully scripted. Does this mean to you that planning users need more coaching during the early post-go-live phases, more hand-holding, you know, more shepherding, whatever the right analogy is to help them through that 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 first phase of, of really coming to terms with this change and to keep that curiosity to, to keep exploring and keep using and keep driving the tool.
1: Yeah, I'd actually probably just add in there, uh, there's a lot of people that when you first approach IBP, as well, they de- actually um, uh, demonstrate all of those behaviours that you said they're a bit dinosaur, this is the way we've always done things. And they feel that they're, perhaps their knowledge and their position is at risk, right, And as well by the adoption of the new ways of work kind of thing. But it's actually um, not that way at all. It's actually about how do we do things smarter and better, right? But in terms of um, coaching, yes, in short, um, but I would actually challenge our thinking in actually saying from a post-go-live world, more hand-holding, more coaching, more guidance to actually take that a couple of steps before go-live, right? To actually, um, to when the coaching actually starts, pre, during, and post go live, right, is what I would recommend. And if your program can support it, the best coaching that we've experienced and actually comes from the business unit, who is a subject matter expert, supported by a functional team. The reason why I say the business unit, um, business user, SME. Um, is the best way to coach, to handhold, to guide, to shepherd um, and all of that kind of thing, um, is for several reasons. They understand the user's problem because they've been there, they've done that, they're doing it potentially still, Um, and they understand the problems that need to be solved. They have the skills and have developed the skills to coach um, by being an SME and they actually have the technical and functional skills to actually help them solve that problem and to guide the users in their new way of working. So not only do they have the ability to coach, but they have the ability to use as well. And most importantly for me, from a coaching perspective, um, is all around about the skills that remain in the business once the functional team actually leaves. So by investing in in your business unit SMEs, you're not only building capability from within the team to stay within the business and not rely on um, functional consultants or anything like that, but you're actually solving business problems uh, with business people and building the capability of the business to solve the problems themselves. Well, Mike, that's
0: a pretty good answer, and I like that. But you know, the people tuned into this podcast—they want the war stories. They want the Mark Golly, Warts, and all the hard one examples. Give us an example. You know, no names or no positions, mm-hmm. but sure, you've got a kit bag full of examples where you've you've led someone through, or you've kept them curious and kind of dragged them along, and what they've got out of it, and it's sort meant that they sort of sought more from the tool. I'd love a sort of a practical example or a a great yarn where where you've seen that in in the real world really come to fruition. Wow. Um, Yeah,
1: many. Um, So as an example, um, in our experience, we have a a great level of curiosity in our um, supply planning area where After It it probably took us several months to fine-tune the tool to get it to a position where um, it was giving us great results. Um, And a lot of that was based on the curiosity of the supply planning team at the time to actually say, this seems a little bit off, this seems a little bit off, can we tweak here, can we do this, can we do this? And then when it got to a point of stability, for example... Um, they didn't just sit back on their laurels and actually go, right, job's done, right, we're off, we're off and running. Their curiosity then led to them saying, okay, so what about this? Right? Um, what about can we build um, um, the impact of um, um, shelf life and wastage, for example, into our in, um, into our?" Uh, rough cut capacity plan models so that when we focus on customer outcomes, we're not actually finding ourselves short because of um, um, stock that has gone aged, for example. Uh, um, And it's those, so they could have just sat back on their laurels, like I said, and just have done nothing, but their curiosity to dig deeper, to actually unpeel the onion, so to speak, and just go those several layers down, actually unveiled the opportunity to do another piece of work, right? Which enabled us then to actually um, preempt um, wastage and actually make sure that customer service isn't impacted as a result. Once that was delivered, they then started to unpeel the onion again, and again, and again. Um, so um, ever since we've been live, um, these guys in the supply planning area have just continued to be curious to the point where is it, supply chain disruptions are um, frequent um, now and a global phenomenon that isn't passing and it's here to stay to the point where is it, we've just um, done an innovation um, which actually enables us to um, consider supply chain constraints from an ABC classification perspective, right? Something that without that curiosity, what ifs, right? Can we do and can can we support? And the answer is, that's fantastic. I love that kind of thing because it tends to push the boundaries of the tool's capabilities, right? And it also bends the use cases from standard use cases to non-standard use cases, right? So... That's an, just an example of how one of our teams um, continues to push the boundaries um, from um, a curiosity perspective and continues to peel back the
0: onion. Yeah, that's brilliant. And, and the title of this episode, of course, Curiosity and the Onion, and it's very much about not ending in tears, um, as this podcast hopefully won't. Uh, so I guess, Mark, the... The message there is business users, discover what IBP can offer. Mm -hmm. Interesting questions are going to come up. Bit of curiosity, follow that question through, Mm -hmm. discover more value, keep digging, find more layers. It it sounds like one of the messages today, very much with people using the tool, implementing the tool, maybe think they've learned everything they need to know about the tool and and what IBP can do, stay curious, keep digging. Peel back more layers.
1: Absolutely. And you know what? It actually, the the outcome of that is, is that not only is it satisfying for yourself, right, and for the teams and for the business, right, because you'll get business better outcome. But I've got to say, it actually helps me keep my um, um, customer success partner on his toes as well, right, which is awesome. <laughs> but what it also does is that uh, it also actually promotes a different perspective back into the product development team back. Teams in the US and into um into Waldorf as well because they may not have um, they may not have um, had a use case like it they may not have perceived a potential use of their tool in this particular way so by the, you staying curious you're not actually you're actually um you're actually driving um better outcome for your business driving a um, potentially driving a better quality solution for everyone to enjoy um, as well right so I think the more you dig with IBP the more layers you reveal the more the solution exposes of itself with um, in inverted quotes of course um, um, in terms of its depth and its complexity right but uh, IVP is a great tool to explore, be curious and in a way that uncovers the standard, but the curiosity uncovers the non-standard use cases. And that's where the real value lies. In the non-standard use case it then allows the extraction of that value and for me it is circular and one feeds the next. And I think that the circular nature of it is is that curiosity drives the need to explore exploring and unveils the value that it can present then the value provides the benefit which then actually drives your curiosity again right and each layer in ibp we find is actually more exciting and more engaging
0: fabulous well as the american author walt whitman said be curious not judgmental and i think that's A great motto for not just the IBP podcast, sharing a piece of pie with friends, but also whatever it is that our listeners are planning to do with the tool, curiosity breeds creation and opportunity and discovery. So, Mark, I I just when I think I've got IBP by the tail, it just shimmies off and it's something else again. But I'm enjoying our conversations and I'm enjoying the journey. I hope people that are listening to these are enjoying the conversations as well. Reach out to me, Jonathan Fogarty, or to the guru, Mark Golly himself. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get your questions and get your feedback. And I'm sure there are many more layers to this conversation as we go on. But for now, Mark, that is sadly all we have time for in this episode. It's been an absolute delight. Mark, thank you for your time. I hope you enjoyed this one. Yeah, pleasure. It's been great. Good time. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely has. Thank you, my friend. Well, until next time, this has been Sharing a Piece of Pie, the SAP IBP podcast. On behalf of Mark Golly, our resident expert, and myself, Jonathan Fogarty, your host, it's been a delight. Until next time, dare I say it, be kind and stay curious. Until next time, it's bye for now. See you later.